1: Coming up today on The Story. We were driving in the work car one day and I said, Oh, hey, Carol, I've got some good news and bad news. Um, The bad news is I've got another job and I'm leaving. She's like, Oh, no, I can't believe it. All the other sales reps have left and now you're going to leave. And I thought, Oh, this is a good sign. She's going to miss me. The good news is I just wanted to say that I've got really strong feelings for you. Her, Her jaw dropped open. She was just like, What? She had no idea that I was interested in her at all, you know.
0: The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, recently on the program, we heard the story of Wendy Boniface, who shared that when she left home and went to university, she was talked out of believing in God in two hours by a philosophy major. She then went on to be a left-wing socialist and took part in many student protests. She also became involved in the Back to Earth movement before eventually coming back to God. Today, we're going to hear from her son, Matt Prater, who's about as opposite to what his mother once was as you can be. He's the senior pastor at New Hope Brisbane Church and is the host of the History Makers radio program, heard on stations throughout Australia. Matt's having a chat and sharing his story with Eric Scatterbo. Welcome to the program, Matt Prater. G'day,
2: Eric.
1: Thanks for having me. It's nice to be interviewed. That's right. You are an interviewer, and now you're going to be interviewed. How do you like this? Well, mate, I've been a big fan of yours for many years, and uh, it's an
2: honor to be on your program. Thanks for having me. Well, it's an honor to have you on the program, and thank you so much for
1: suggesting your mother as a guest. She has quite a story. Yeah, my mum is wonderful. And, you know, probably one of the main reasons why I'm in ministry today is because my mum was always praying for me, always challenging me, always stirring me up. And yeah, she's certainly been a, a massive influence in my life. So I'm glad you're able to interview her. And the thing
2: is, obviously, as we just heard in the introduction, that was not always the case. She kind of went through this left wing, atheistic phase. Now, you were pretty young when she became a Christian. Do you remember anything
1: of that phase that she went through? Yeah, well, when I was like three or four years old, that was when she came to Christ. So mm-hmm. all yeah. I really knew of my mum uh, from a young age was, you know, she would take me to Sunday school and to church and, you know, teach me the word of God from a young age. So uh, I didn't really know much about that until... a When I was a a teenager, she explained to me what she used to be like. Wow. You must have been pretty surprised when she said that. (laughs) She was pretty radical, apparently, back in the day. Yeah. I think she even organized an Age of Aquarius New Age Festival at Byron (laughs) Bay. Like She was right into the hippie movement, you know?
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, quite the hippie back then. But, I mean- One of the reasons she said that she wanted to share her story is that she saw people on T V who were protesting and she thought, Wow, that was the way I used to be and she wanted to give people hope that those people are not beyond hope. They are kind of misguided and idealistic, want to help
1: society, but they can still change. Yeah, that's the wonderful thing about the gospel, you know, no matter what your background is, no matter what your belief system is, no matter what sins you've committed, Mm -hmm. when when you come to Christ you can be transformed. He'll he'll give you a new heart. You'll be a new creation in Christ Jesus. And, and you know, mum's certainly a great example of that too, isn't she?
2: Yes, yes. And so let's hear the Matt Prater story. Let's take it from when you were a toddler and your mother became a Christian. What happened next?
1: Well, uh, I was born at a very young age, uh, <laughs> originally uh, in Tamworth in New South Wales is where I was mm-hmm. born. And then uh, mum and dad moved to Coffs Harbour when I was a young fellow, and I eventually found them and moved in with them. Uh, and then growing up in Coffs Harbour, I just loved the beach. I loved, uh, you know, my family and friends, had a, a good upbringing. Uh, but around about the age of 12 or 13, I got a bit bored with church. We, we were at a very conservative church at the time, and mm. I just said to Mum and Dad, I want, I want to go surfing instead of church. And so I kind of stopped going to church. And then I remember there was a, a young girl who was going to a youth group and uh, I thought I might go along to youth group because I like this girl. <laughs> and then this young girl was going to a youth camp. But I thought I might go on to the youth camp. And then I went to this youth camp and heard the gospel. And for the first time in my life, I realized I was a sinner that needed a savior. And even though I'd been raised in a Christian home, I kind of knew about God, but I didn't know about having a personal relationship with him. So I gave my life to Christ at the age of 15 at a youth camp. And then I remember all my mates at school noticed how different I was, because all I wanted to do was talk about Jesus all the time after that youth camp.
2: Well, as we'll be hearing, you certainly have a heart for helping people know the Lord and come to the Lord.
1: Yeah, well, it's certainly been something that, for me, uh, it just is is something that I love doing. I love telling people about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's it's a bit like, you know, if someone had a, a cure for cancer in a tablet... You know, you'd want to tell everyone about it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, of course. I reckon we've got the best news ever. And yeah, so that's why it's just burning inside me. Wherever I go, I always want to share the good news. And you had an
2: incident in your school which kind of helped spur that
1: along? Yeah, well, I was, um, I'd come to Christ and I was at my school, um, part of a Christian group, and we'd be praying for our school and wanting to reach out to our school. And and then one day there was a a shooting at our school. We actually had Mm. a kid turned up with a gun at the school sports carnival and oh, wow. uh, he shot three people. Uh, now, thankfully, wow. no one died, but he shot one teacher in the chest, one girl in the leg, and one teacher in the hand, and a couple of brave year 12 kids tackled him and took the gun off him, and it was a, a massive news story around Australia. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, the whole school was really rocked by this incident, and I remember yeah. a little Christian group, we just kept praying, God, would you use us to help reach our school in this tough time we're going through? And... Uh, I remember there was all these different youth leaders that we got to come in and pastors and Christian bands and different ministries, and it was like our Christian group really flourished after that. It's almost like what the devil meant for bad, God turned it around for good, and um I then became the youth leader at my local youth group as well. And so we had like 50, 60 kids coming along and all these kids coming to our Christian group at school. And it was really something that kind of launched me into ministry in that time. And it was around about that age. I remember that verse, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you to give you a hope and a future. Uh, That verse really spoke to me then, and I I knew that God had called me to something in ministry, and that was kind of how I got into it. Yeah, I kind of accidentally got into ministry. Mm -hmm.
2: Now, do you think that shooting kind of got your fellow students to think about life and death and think,
1: hey, you know, just in an instant this could all be over? Yeah, well, I remember there was kids that were very traumatized, and there was yeah. counselors, and, you know, it does make you think about life and death. It makes you think mm-hmm. about yeah. your immortality when you, you have an incident like that happen. So, yeah, certainly it was a wake-up call for a lot of people. Okay, so that kind of spurred you into ministry, which the Lord
2: has kind of been calling you from such a young age. Then what happened next in your life?
1: Yeah, so I remember after graduating school just having a real passion for Bible college. So I I went to Mm -hmm. Sydney for a year at Phil Pringle's Bible College, which was then Christian City Church, now known Mm as C3. And I just loved that year. It was about 80 students on fire for God and I got inspired, uh, you know, with, with the Bible College. But also, I did drama and music was my two electives. Oh yeah! And to this day, I'm good at causing drama, and only <laughs> God loves my singing. So, <laughs> but you did take those classes. I did. I did. I I wanted to, because you know, I've always been a bit creative. I used to do a bit of acting and and drama and things like that. So I, I've always enjoyed that. And I think in my preaching today. I always try and be as creative as possible, like we'll act out parables and things like that. So uh-huh. I think you've got to be creative when you present the gospel, you know?
2: Well, if I look at my notes here, I see
1: that you were a children's entertainer at one point. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I actually um, ended up doing uh, four years of Bible college, and to pay my way through it, I was a clown. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. So my name was Wolfgang the Clown. I used to do kids' parties and juggling and, you know, magic tricks and, you know, all sorts of face painting, all sorts of fun things, which was great training to be a pastor, because you've got to learn to be good with crowds, you know. So what happened next in your life? Well, I was um, working uh, as a clown. I was also a spruker so I'd be outside shops, you know. Anything that involves public speaking, it sounds like. Well, it was preparing me to be a preacher, you know, and yeah, yeah. to get heckled, you know. <laughs> Develop a thick skin. And I was also a DJ, so I'd be at nightclubs and weddings and pubs playing music till two in the morning, whatever, and uh, I'd always slip in some Christian music in there, Eric, whenever I had the chance. okay. So they were kind of my part-time jobs, and I was also... Working at uh, a commercial radio station, selling mm-hmm. airtime. So uh, I was starting to do a bit of radio at the time, and I was mm-hmm. I do a Christian radio show at the community radio station, and uh, I always had this passion for media alongside uh, ministry. While I was uh, that was in mm-hmm. Coffs Harbour, mm-hmm. and it was a a wonderful time, uh, but it was also a, a difficult time for me. Uh, I was uh, married at the age of twenty to my first wife. Uh, she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, young girl in my youth group, and we we had a a, a bit of a rocky marriage, you know. Um, mm. We we really tried to make it work, and you know had, went to counselling and all sorts of things. And anyway, very sadly, after five years of uh, uh, of uh, trying to make it work, that the marriage ended, and it was mm. for me, it was a a real job time. I felt like everything had been taken away. Um, my, my daughter Lydia was born in that stage. She's uh, mm-hmm. uh, working. Uh, in scripture union in queensland now a, a, a great young girl who loves the lord but um, you know and that was a blessing you know having my my daughter in the middle of that time but mm. but after after the marriage broke up i felt like everything had been taken away and I, I i had given up on ministry i thought you know i've done bible college i've been a youth pastor uh, i've i've served the lord in ministry but now that i've got a broken marriage who's going to want me in their church mm. So I went through a real job time in that time, and I'd I'd moved to Brisbane uh, in that time, and I I didn't have any friends or family in Brizzy, and I I didn't really know what I was going to do. I was selling websites for a company in Fortitude Valley, thinking I'll just have to make money now and try and raise my daughter uh, you know, every second weekend and try and be a good father to her. Mm -hmm. But then there was a pastor named Kirk Delaney at the Vineyard Church where I was attending who really took me under his wing, and he said to me, Matt, God isn't finished with you. Even though mm. you've been through this divorce, even though you've, you've been through this tough time, God's got a plan and a purpose for you. And he reminded me of the call of God in my life and, uh, gave me an opportunity to, you know, get counseling with him and get ministered to. And, and out of that, I ended up running alpha at that church, at the vineyard church there. I ended up preaching at the church and I was the treasurer at the church. And he basically raised me back, back up mm. into ministry after hitting rock bottom. And it was, you know, I've always thought, You know, Thank God that he took the time to take me under his wing in that time Because it really changed my life
0: You're listening to The Story Our guest today is Pastor Matt Prater Who's also the host of the History Makers radio program He's sharing his life journey and how the Lord developed in him A heart for sharing his faith and evangelizing We'll hear more of Matt's story Including how he met his wife Carol when we return the story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call one 800 me That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is having a chat with Pastor Matt Prater, who's the host of the History Makers radio program. Matt's sharing his life journey with us today, and as we heard before the break, the Lord developed in him a heart for sharing his faith with others. However, when his first marriage broke up, he felt disqualified and that he could never do ministry work again. That was until a kindly pastor took him under his wing and brought him back into ministry.
1: And you know what, it's one of the reasons why, as a pastor now, I'm always looking out for people that are doing it tough Hmm. and to put my arm around them and say, you know what, God ain't finished with you yet. Just because you're going through this storm, you know, don't look to the storm, look to the God who's above the storm, you know. Don't look at the giant, look at how big God is, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, trying to put my arm around people and help them, you know, give give people a hand up, not just a hand out, you know. Hmm. And then eventually you married your current wife, Carol? Carol. Yes, yeah, so my amazing wife, Carol, uh, uh, was. Uh, we were actually working together uh, at, at a season there, selling websites together, and mm. uh, there were six of us that were selling websites, and then four of them ended up leaving the company, and there was just Carol and I left. And uh, the the GM, who was a Christian, he said, I reckon you and Carol would go well together, so I'm going <laughs> to send you out two by two. So we would go out and visit clients and sell websites, and, and then... I just thought she was amazing. You know, we'd pray together and we'd listen to worship music and she'd laugh at my jokes, you know, and I was like, oh, wow. I was like, this girl's amazing. And so I started having feelings for her hmm. and she wasn't interested at all, Eric. Uh, she's seven years older than me. Uh, she was a you know a high-flying corporate kind of you know girl and mm-hmm. and I was this country bumpkin from Coffs Harbour that had divorcee with a with a kid you know like I, I didn't tick her boxes if you know what I mean mm-hmm. so uh, I just prayed and I said all right Lord I, I want to tell her that I like her but if she doesn't like me back and we have to work together it could be really awkward oh yeah so yeah. can you get me a new job? And the day that I prayed that prayer, I got a job from a Christian radio station, offered me a job as assistant sales manager. And I thought, all right, Lord, it's a sign. <laughs> so I thought, I would better tell her. So yeah. we were driving in the work car one day, and I said, oh, hey, Carol, I've got some good news and bad news. Um, uh, the, the bad news is I, I've got another job, and I'm leaving. And she's like, oh, no, I can't believe it. All the other sales reps have left, and now you're going to leave, and I thought, oh, this is a good sign. She's going to miss me. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and then I thought, I can't say I love you straight away because that's too much. So I said, um, the good news is I just wanted to say that um I've got really strong feelings for you. <laughs> oh, how did that go over? Her, her jaw dropped open. She was just like, what? <laughs> Oh, she didn't suspect anything. She had no idea that I was interested in her at all, you know? Oh, wow. Like, we would have conversations, and she'd say things like, where are all the good Christian men? And I'm like, hello, what What am I talking about? <laughs> I was just not on her radar, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so I said to her, so I was wondering, could I take you out for, uh, uh, for dinner? And she's like, okay. Mm, yeah. And... Everything changed, Eric, you know, because we were really good friends. We were serving in church together. We were working together. We were having fun all together. And and as soon as I introduced the opportunity of going on a date, she w- it was very awkward. Yeah, because you're, you're
2: transferring from friendship to romantic dating.
1: Exactly right. Everything changed. Yeah. And uh, anyway, she agreed to date me secretly. She said, look, I don't want anyone to know about this. Oh, this isn't sounding good. <laughs> Um, but I'm happy to consider this. Mm-hmm. Um, no one can know about this. I'm like, oh, gee, this is a bit strict. So, anyway, so we, we secretly dated, you know, I, I started my new job at the radio station and she was still at the website company and we secretly dated for a few months and then eventually she fell in love with me. Oh, uh, you, you went her over. She saw the light. And, um, <laughs> and then, you know, after a while I proposed and, you know, interesting thing that happened, Eric, is after, after she said yes to me to get married, uh, mm-hmm. she found a list that she'd written to God, mm-hmm. and about ten years before she'd had her heart broken and she uh, you know came back to God mm-hmm. and just said to God, "I'm not going to waste my time dating anyone. I'm just going to get my life right with you." Mm-hmm. And so she spent several years just being single and just serving the Lord, you know and mm-hmm. and she several years before she wrote this letter, uh, a list of what she wanted in a man. And I often joke and say it just had one thing on it. He's got to have teeth, that's all, you know. (laughs) But no, there was a list of about 10 things on there and it said things like he's got to love God more than anything else. Mm. He's got to have a good sense of humour. Hello, you know. (laughs) He's got to be tall. He's going to be a good provider. He's going to want to have kids. And a whole bunch of things on that list. And basically everything on that list was exactly what I, I was, you know? Oh, and, wow. uh, after we got engaged, she found that list and said, Oh, wow. I didn't realize it, but this, you're exactly what I asked God for. Um, wow. so isn't it amazing how God moves in mysterious ways, huh? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. So then, uh, you and Carol were married and eventually children came along and I understand there's been some challenges health wise. Yeah. So,
1: um, we've got, uh, two kids together. Ah, uh, Joshy and Grace, mm-hmm. and uh, Joshy, our first boy, uh, was born three weeks preemie, mm-hmm. and only very light. Uh, you know, very you know, four pound six, and he didn't have all the milestones that you would normally see when you see a baby. You know, he wasn't mm-hmm, rolling yeah. over, he wasn't yeah. sitting up, and all, you know, and he was very skinny, very little, and we're like, what's you know, and then so after about a year or so, we. Ended up going to a neurosurgeon and uh, and got him diagnosed, and they told us he has cerebral palsy. Mm. Now, I didn't believe it when they diagnosed that. I thought, no, nah, it can't be my son. No, no, it wouldn't, you know. And I didn't really know much about cerebral palsy. Like, you, mm. you have a, a vague idea, but so, you know, and that they're saying it's because... Uh, Carol had unstable blood sugars in a placenta when she was born, and uh, when mm-hmm. he was born, and all that. And but um, so we we researched it and we learnt about it. And it, it's called right hemiplegia, so it's the right hand side of his body um, isn't as good as his left side. Basically, so he's got a little bit of a limp, and mm-hmm. he's, he, he's he can't grip things very well with his right hand. And it hasn't affected him intellectually; he's a very smart kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's meant he's had to have a number of operations over the years, and. Lots of hospital visits and physio and, uh, he, you know, he can't play sport as well as the other kids at school, so he gets picked on a bit sometimes mm-hmm. and, you know, there's been a lot of challenges physically, but you know what? He has got the purest heart of any kid you'll come across. He loves mm-hmm. the Lord. Yeah. Uh, he's, he laughs at all my dad jokes all the time. Oh, wow. He does have compassion. <laughs> oh, he's a gift from God for me, I tell you. And, um, and you know what? He wants to be a preacher. Oh, okay, take after his old man, huh? <laughs> so we, we have learnt a lot about how to juggle, uh, you know, raising a, a child with a disability. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, people stare at him and people ask mm-hmm. questions, what happened to your leg? And, you know, people, um, you know, it, it can be quite awkward sometimes, but it's also taught us that no matter what the physical hindrances you have in your life, mm-hmm. it, it's really your heart that matters. And, of course, it's helping you even
2: become more empathetic to the people in your congregation and the people you meet.
1: Yeah, well, we have found that um, we've actually been able to minister to a lot of people through all of mm-hmm. our hospital visits. And, you know, any, anyone we know that, that has a, a disability, we now have a, a bridge. We, 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 we can relate to them through what Josh has been going through. Yeah, uh, And, yeah, people in the church as well. It's certainly been a, a great way to, to connect with people.
2: Okay, and as we've been mentioning, you're currently a pastor, and then also you do some interviews on a radio program. Tell us about that. Yeah,
1: well, it actually started when, – so when I was 15 and I first came to Christ, I was a volunteer at a youth radio station in Coffs Harbour, mm-hmm. and I was doing like secular radio. But then when I came to Christ, I just didn't want to do it anymore. All I wanted to do was Christian radio because I love Christian music. And Mm -hmm. so I actually started at the age of 15 and uh, was doing a community radio show there and uh, always had a dream to interview people and share people's testimonies, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was actually uh, about the same time that I became a pastor. uh, I was working at a Christian radio station in Brisbane and I was selling radio advertising, that was my my income, uh, but I always had a dream to to be on air. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a script union fundraising night where there was four guest speakers, and I thought that would be a great opportunity to interview those four speakers. So my first four ever interviews were uh, Kevin Rudd, who was the oh. then Foreign Minister uh, with the Labor Party, uh, John Anderson, former Deputy Prime Minister, mm-hmm. uh, Marina Pryor, well-known uh mm-hmm. Gospel singer and, and uh, you know, she's always on Carols by Candlelight on, on TV from Melbourne. Yep. Yep. Uh, and also Tim Costello, who used to run World oh, Vision. Wow.
2: That's quite a beginning.
1: Yeah, so I had the opportunity to interview all four of them and it was fascinating. And uh, everyone loved the Kevin Rudd interview so much because it was the first time he actually ever talked about his Christian faith. That radio interview went on all the Christian radio stations, and then all the Christian magazines put it on their front cover. You know, the ACC, the Presbyterian, the Baptist, the Catholics, they all put it on the front cover. Kevin Rudd shares about his Christian faith. Well, let me end today's
2: conversation with a question you often ask your guests on your History Makers program. If someone was listening today and they don't know the Lord, what would you tell them?
1: I would just say, you know, that God loves you. And God knows what you're going through in your life. You know, God knows the number of hairs in your head. He knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows Mm -hmm. your words before you speak them. God created you for a purpose on this earth. And, you know, the reality is we all have this void in our heart. We all have this area of our life that's empty. And the only way that that will be filled is with the love of God. And, you know, the Bible tells us that God so loved the world That he gave his one and only son That whoever believes in him will not perish But will have everlasting life And the reality is every person I believe on this planet God loves us so much That we we can have a relationship with his son If we ask him The Bible says if we call on the name of the Lord Jesus We will be saved And I would just challenge anyone listening right now If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour He is the son of God He is seated on the right hand of the throne And he loves you And he has a purpose for your life. And if you ask him into your heart to be Lord and Saviour, ask him to forgive you of your sins, you will be born again and you'll start a new life in Christ. I just challenge you, if you haven't got your life right with God today, make that step and and pray a prayer asking Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. It'll be the most eternal decision you've ever made.
2: Amen, and we know how that has completely changed your mother's life and completely changed your life and so many other people. So we just pray that if you have made that decision, please contact us here and let us know about the decision you made. Thank you so much, Matt Prater, for sharing your story with us today.
1: Thanks so much, Eric Eric, and your history, Micah. God
0: bless. Thank you so much. That was Eric Scadabo chatting with Pastor Matt Prater, the host of the History Makers radio program heard on station throughout Australia. Personally, I've known Matt for several years and have heard many of his interviews but never knew what his story was or the events behind what moulded and shaped his life. So it was good to hear him share his life journey and how the Lord developed in him a heart for evangelising. And speaking of evangelising, as we just heard, Matt ended his chat with Eric by clearly laying out the steps to become a Christian. If you've just decided or would like someone to pray with about putting your faith in Jesus please give us a call. Our prayer line is 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. We'd love to pray with you about this at 1-800-772-936. As the Bible says, To all who received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And you can become a child of God today. Once again, just give us a call. We would love to pray with you on one 800 772 936. Finally, if you want to know more about Matt Prater and his History Makers Radio program, you can go to his website. It's historymakersradio.com. That's historymakersradio.com. Well, thanks for joining us for Matt Prater's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I guess my home life was a little bit different in that my mum was a believer, but my dad, he wasn't, and he sort of walked away from belief in God and I couldn't really bring things up with him because of where he was at, because I didn't want that negative reaction. I I actually yeah, chose to start writing songs. I used that as a bit of an outlet to express some of those things in my heart that I couldn't really discuss openly. Singer Lauren McKenna is from Ballarat and has been expressing herself musically since she was a child. As she grows and develops in her faith, her music reflects how the Lord has been working in her life. Lauren will share her story along with some insights into her music next time. The Story, story. just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.